Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. I just wanted to say I'm sorry if the uploads are a bit sporadic this week and all over the place. I'm in the process of moving, so it's really stressful, and I'm having to do like 20 different things all at once. But I'm still trying to do my best to get videos out as soon as possible. They just might not be every day, but I promise once I officially get moved into the new place, daily videos will return to normal. All that being said, I hope you enjoyed this one. And remember to send all your stories to southerncannibal.com. If you're all ready, let's begin. And remember to always stay hungry. Having been recently divorced with two kids of elementary age, I decided to move halfway across the country to be closer to my family. I quickly landed a job as a manager of a retail store that mostly catered to factory workers, firefighters, policemen, and city employees. The store was located in a plaza, and at about 5 o'clock, all of the shops and breakfast diners were closed, and my store was the only store open until 6 p.m., so it was deserted. It wasn't so bad during the summer, but in the winter months, when it would get dark by 6 o'clock, it could get a little creepy. I'm not the type of person that scares easily. I'm always aware of my surroundings, and I've always been very athletic. Most of the time I close by myself. I became familiar with many of the regular customers that work for the city. Everyone was very polite and friendly. I did make one good friend who worked as a supervisor for the city. He would often bring his employees in for boots or uniforms that the city would supply for them every six months. There were also times where I couldn't leave the store for lunch, so he would offer to bring me a burger and we would sit and talk for a bit. Many times he would drop by after five on his way home or he would call. One day, about 15 minutes before closing, a man walked in the store. He was very tall and solidly built and sat down. I remembered seeing him earlier standing across the street as I had walked to get something out of my SUV. He just watched me as I went back into the store. I started to ask him what kind of boots he was looking for, and the conversation quickly took a turn. They started saying some very strange things that made me very uncomfortable, telling me how lonely he was and how bad he needed to be held, and that he wanted a hug. He said that if I gave him a hug, he'd feel so much better, but I didn't acknowledge it. I knew I was in trouble. I thought if I ran towards the back door and didn't make it, no one would hear me scream. To get to the front door, I had to get past him, but he was big. When he was talking, he had a grin. I think he was trying to smile. So I started to think. I need to keep him talking, because I knew he was getting ready to make a move. So with one hand under the counter, I slowly took the phone off the cradle and hit a number on the store phone that would automatically call the last number that was called. It happened to be my friend who was on his way home. He heard a very weird conversation but couldn't really make out the man's voice or everything that was being said. But he got a really bad feeling and he automatically popped a U-turn and headed for the store. At this point, I had been trying to calmly keep the conversation going for about 15 minutes, but it seemed like everything was just going in slow motion. 
I absolutely knew if I told him that I needed to get out because I needed to close the store, that that would have been a signal to get up and do whatever he was going to do, because then he would know that no one was coming to help me close. And by this time, the store definitely should have been closed. I was trying to change the conversation, but he kept telling me how lonely he was and looking towards the back of the store because it was where we kept the overstock, and I just knew he was putting a plan together. We both got very quiet, and he still had that stupid grin on his face, but his eyes were not friendly. I don't know why I felt calm, but definitely anticipating the worst. I can only describe it as a quiet before the storm. He then stood up, and he just looked at me. Ten seconds later, the door flies open and walks in my friend, who's a little bit shorter, but also wider and muscular. He came and stood in front of the counter, then asking, Why are y'all still open? Shouldn't you be closed by now? He then looked at the man standing there, then telling him, Sir, I think you need to go. The store's closed. The man got a huge grin on his face, looked at me, looked back at my friend, and never said a word. He stood there for about five seconds, turned around, and then finally walked out. I quickly locked the door, and my friend asked me what happened, when I then started to tell him everything that happened, and that's when the tears just started to flow. My babies were in the back of my mind, and I knew it was going to be a knockdown, dragout fight. These things can happen quickly, and I think what actually saved me was that I assessed the situation. I did what I could do to get help and not panic. A physical confrontation was my last resort. Always trust your gut and stay alert. This happened back in 2017. I had just graduated high school and I was working in lawn and garden in my local Walmart. Now, I was freshly 18, but certainly not naive. I've always been a fairly paranoid person, and thank God that I am. I was running the cash register when I had noticed a man in his early to mid-fifties behind the lady I was checking out. He had a big smile on his face. I didn't find this too strange though, as a lot of people either force a smile or frown when getting rung up. When it was his turn, he kept the smile for the most part, and then he said I had beautiful eyes. Now working in retail, you tend to feel pressured to do and say nice things that you don't want to. I said thank you and took his payment, and then he asked me, Do you have a boyfriend? Usually I said yes to things like this, but my coworker next to me knew the truth, and I didn't trust her to keep her mouth shut, so I said no. His smile then got wider, and he asked, Well, would you like one? I handed him his receipt and said no. He then took his items and left. I thought that was weird, but just kept going on with my day. Now, I generally don't think too much into things, because I don't perceive myself as attractive. Well, fast forward about a week, and I see him in a crowd at Walmart once more, and he gives me that same big smile that I was now finding creepy. I began seeing him almost every day, no matter where I was in the store. I kept my eye on him, while also giving him the benefit of the doubt as well. Lots of people shop there every day, as there's nothing better to do where I live. During this time, 
I would work out after work. Not many people go to the gym at 10 o'clock at night, so it's pretty easy to see who's there. My gym had a pool, and the upper workout area overlooked the pool. I always ended my workout with a swim, and as I was doing some backstrokes, I glanced up at the window, and I saw that same man from the store staring down at me with that god-awful grin. I officially knew that this was no accident, and I calmly got out of the pool. I rushed getting changed and went straight to my car. Luckily enough, he didn't follow me from the gym. After this, I started going on walks with a friend after work. On my day off, we decided to go to a river in my town to walk. And on our way back to our house, I had noticed a car following us. It wasn't dark yet, and I could see into their car. It was the same man. I didn't want him knowing where she lived, so I casually mentioned that I'm going to take a detour drive to her house. I took as many turns as I could before assuming he lost interest and quit following us. I then dropped her off and went home. There were a few other times I'd see him and managed to lose him. One day when I was working again, he stopped me while I was walking to the break room and asked if I had a boyfriend. This time I said yes and kept going. I put in my two weeks a few days later, and I haven't seen him since. This may not be as intense as other stories, but still, definitely always be aware of your surroundings. Stalking can happen to anyone, no matter how unappealing you may think you are. I was running a video store in a fairly sketchy part of Louisville, Kentucky but there was a cop posted right outside our strip mall almost 24-7, so I felt fairly safe working the long, late hours. However, I didn't live in the area, so I wasn't exactly street smart. I was working alone one afternoon. We hadn't been open very long. I was behind our large counter when a guy walks in wearing a hoodie with a hood over his head. Now, I may not be street smart, but I've watched enough true crime to know when someone comes into a store dressed like that in August with 100 degrees temperatures, they're up to no good. As I move behind the counter where our aluminum baseball bat is located, he asks for a certain movie. It's in alphabetical order in the drama section, I say, while pointing to the area. I could see a flash of frustration on his face. A few seconds later, he asks for another movie without even going to the section for the first movie. It's in alphabetical order in the comedy section, like I said before. I say to him, letting him know there's no effing way I'm coming out from behind this counter. I should mention our office has automatic locks, and you need a code to enter to get into the way steps away from me, hence the slight sarcasm in my response. Just then, this huge hulk of a man walks in. He was a regular, I greet him with a smile, while slightly nodding in would-be robber's direction. He nods, goes right over in the section that would-be robber was in. He looks would-be robber right in the face, with a look of intimidation, scanning him up and down. Now, here's the scary part. Would-be robber goes to leave, scared and pissed that he didn't get me alone. He stops right at the door, looks me in the face, and then says... I'll get you later. 
and leaves. The other guy just looks at me and says, That guy was up to no good. I'm standing there like, yeah, you think? Realizing he didn't catch on to my cues at all. I excuse myself and run outside, but I didn't see the guy. So I ran to the cop's car nearby, and I gave him a description of the guy, and then looked into every store in the strip mall to make sure he wasn't trying to rob them as well. He got away, but I can never thank Forensic Files enough for teaching this small country town girl in a big city what can happen to women like me if I fell for his ploy. Fast forward two days. The closest store to me had their morning shift come in to find that their night shift staff were zip-tied in the office. They had been robbed at gunpoint in closing, and they were there overnight, tied up and terrified. I had tried warning everyone to be on alert on a conference call, but either I wasn't taken seriously, or the information wasn't shared with the entire staff. I was transferred to a store in my area shortly after. So yeah, that's the scariest thing to happen to me in a decade of retail management. Needless to say, when our stores finally closed down, I got out of retail for good. And I think I made the right choice. My first encounter was when I worked in retail in a local grocery store making subs in the deli. For context, I'm a female, and I was 18 at the time. This guy came in every single day wearing a trench coat and boots, even if it was 100 degrees outside. He was only creepy towards me, because I was the only young woman working there at the time in a deli with only 18-plus aged men. He definitely had some guts. Everyone I worked with would always warn me, and some would even work in my place when he came in. I was a smoker at the time, so he'd catch me outside, and I would always thank God that it was on camera, because I had the most eerie feelings about him. He actually made up a song all about my butt, and I had to report him to management. Thankfully, they felt the need to ban him from the store. I never found out his name, but now thinking back, I wish that I had asked. I wish that I had reported him to the police because he's probably still out there being a stalker weirdo. Anyways, I used to work at Cinnabon in the Ocean County Mall in Toms River, New Jersey. If you're from here, you know this mall sucks and that stores go there to die. Anyhow, my manager had this store for quite some time and he usually does well in the holiday season, so he keeps it. For context, this one happened when I was about 24 so I'm ridiculously nice, overly nice I think, and sometimes maybe even flirtatious without even knowing it. Working in retail, you kind of have to be. At least, that's what I thought. So this one guy keeps coming in every single day, and he's kind of like a nerdy comic book type. I wear glasses, so I guess, I don't know, maybe I look like I'm into that type of stuff. Anyways, he comes to get Cinnabons one night, going on and on about some comic book, and how he just came up with the best concept ever for a fire mask slash hood, and he's going to try and sell it all over and get a patent for all this stuff. And I'm engaging because he's the customer. Well, my dad was also a fireman, so I was kind of interested in the fire mask concept, to be honest. He eventually leaves, and all is fine. Well, he comes back for months and months on end, 
and I honestly didn't know what to do or say. I knew something felt weird about it, but I couldn't really pinpoint what exactly it was. He felt harmless, and maybe he just wanted to be friends. So my friend breaks down on the side of the road, and this guy was apparently an engineer of some type, and he helps him fix the car. All is good, and they're on their merry way. But now I felt like an obligation to be nice to this creep. So he keeps coming back, and he gets a Cinnabon and iced coffee, never leaving right away, ever. Always just staying to hang around. Looking back, my fiancé would have probably kicked his ass if I told him, but maybe that's why I didn't say anything. I didn't want him to be mad or feel like he needed to do anything about it at the time. Like I said, I was kind of a rebellious woman. One night, though, he asked me to go out to his car with him to look at the fire mask, and I said, yeah, sure, what the heck, what could this harmless person even do to me? I have this power trip thing where sometimes I feel like, I don't know, I'm invisible. As I'm getting ready to go outside, I turn to my coworker and say, if I'm not back in five minutes, call security, and if I'm not back in ten minutes, call the cops. So I get out to his car, look at the fire mask, and all is fine. I walk back inside and I felt a sense of relief come over me. I felt like I had just been touched by an angel. To be completely honest with you, I don't know what this guy's intentions were, but I feel like he had second-guessed himself for some reason and decided not to do whatever he was going to. Flash forward like two years later, and I had a baby, so I took some time off work to focus. And when I returned, he realized really quickly, and he started coming back. He started coming during the day even, and asking about me. This is a family-owned business, so my mom works there, my aunt, my cousin, sister, brother, you name it. So, as I said earlier, I own a cleaning business, and I left some business cards on the register to get some people to take them and spread the word. Well, you guessed it. He got my business card. He found my phone number, email, and Facebook. Literally everything. He started texting me telling me he has an awesome pool house and how he wanted me and all my friends to come by and play some poker and also have a drink and have a good time. We never did end up going, and I really don't know what would have happened if we did. I'm honestly afraid that he knows where I live now because of my business card. I hope I don't see him again, though, even if he didn't do anything malicious. He was still kind of weird with the way he did and went about things. Sometimes I feel like I'm crazy about the whole situation, and maybe I was just being too paranoid. Maybe he really was just an oddball with no real bad intentions, but I don't know. I'm still going to keep a guard up just to be safe. I'll be using different names for this story as the real people involved were covering the media, and I don't know if they'll ever find this, but here goes. This is the story of how one thing in my first ever job indirectly gave me anxiety, traumatized me, and also shattered my innocent view of the world. Before this happened, I thought that I was safe and that nobody I cared about would ever get hurt over stupid shit. How stupid and naive I was. At my first ever job out of high school, I worked for a big chain retail store. Ours was a 24-hour superstore that never closed. 
to give a brief layout of the store that'll help with the rest of the story later. The grocery part of the store with registers 1 to 5, and four of the eight self-checkout registers was on the left. Then there was the liquor section in the vision center, and the clothing slash home goods section were on the right side, along with registers 6 to 12, and the remaining four self-checkouts. I spent eight years there, and the worst thing that I saw happen were drunks, shoplifters on occasion, and the weirdly dressed weirdos and freaks. I had many friends there due to my sweet personality, as people called it. They say I'm a true gold-hearted person. I really don't see it, but if they say it, I'll let them believe it. I had a really good friend there who I'll call Cher. That's not her real name because she suffered enough as is, so I'm using this alias instead. I really beg all of you to be respectful and try and understand why I'm using aliases. That'll become apparent in a bit. She was in her 50s and blonde, bubbly, but still very work-oriented. She was a regular mama bear towards me and many of the little honeys, as she liked to call us newer hires. I loved her to pieces, and I would often see her outside of work as well. Our family lived on a lake, so we'd often go boating and see Cher and her family swimming at a sandbar about five miles from her house. We'd wave to them from the boat, and often swim in the lake water with her grandkids, as well as her sweet dog, Biscotti. I really treasure those memories, because it would be some of the last times Cher and I would ever see each other. There was another cashier I worked with often, Jessie. She was tall, thin, around her early 30s, with pale brown hair and brown eyes. She had a soft, sweet voice and demeanor that made her seem angelic. Oh, if only people could see the real her, the true self she hid from the world. Maybe then this terrible thing would have never happened. About a week prior, I was having lunch in the back with Jessie, and she had asked me out of the blue, What do you think of Cher? I looked up from the chicken fried rice that I'd just gotten from the deli department, and after swallowing my mouth full, I said, Um, she's pretty cool. I really like her. Why? Jessie's face screwed up into one that looked like something akin to anger or disdain before she simply replied, I hate her. I wish she were dead. I was shocked. Every time I was with Cher or took over for her breaks, she was very sweet and kind to me, not deserving of death at all. I told Jessie not to say such things and that nobody deserves death. She then gave me a sickly sweet smile, got up, then patted my head, saying, You're too cute and innocent. Never lose that, even if the world turns on you. As she walked away, I watched her go. My insides were cold, and I felt nauseous. I told the managers about what Jessie had said, but they told me she was only joking. Oh, how I wish she had been. How I fucking wish. On August 14th, 2013, I remember the day it happened, because it'll forever be burned in my memory. I was on a bus trip with my mom, my grandma, and my other grandma and my aunt. We were all riding on the bus heading back home from up north where the trip had been, when my mom gets a text on her phone from my uncle, her youngest brother. It read, Hey, is dusk with you? Confused, my mom replied back with, 
Yeah, she is. Why? What's going on? My uncle replies back ten seconds later with, No reason. Never mind. What the fuck? I asked my mom what my uncle had said, and she handed me the phone. I looked at the conversation and showed it to Graham. She told me to call my uncle to get the reasoning, but then my aunt chimed in and she said that we'd get answers once we got home. When we arrived at the pickup spot, my uncle was waiting to take me, Gran, and Mom back to Gran's house where our car was, while my auntie was taking Graham home. When we met up with my uncle, he told us someone had shot a cashier at my store. I was shocked, along with my mom and Gran. I then asked my uncle who did it, but he was very vague about it. When we arrived at Grant's house, Mom and Grant sat in the garage to have a drink together and talk about random things. I went into the house to watch some TV. While doing some channel surfing, I then saw a news report on the shooting, and what I saw and heard shocked me to my core. There was a mugshot of Jesse, and the victim was Cher. I screamed. I screamed so loud that my mom and Gran came running to see if I was okay. I was stunned. Jessie had said Cher deserved to die. Had she actually accomplished what she said? I was stunned. I'd been right. For months, Jessie had been giving Cher dirty looks and saying random things like, she should be dead, why is she still here, and if nobody will do it, then I should. And the days that followed, I was pretty messed up. I barely ate. Sleep was nearly non-existent, and I felt numb to everything. Many of my coworkers were dealing badly with it too, so our manager brought in a grief counselor to try and help us sort through everything. I went three days after the shooting, and I told the counselor through tears that I felt guilty for not doing more to perhaps protect Cher. He told me that I was just experiencing survivor's guilt, or something like that. I really can't remember everything he told me. On April 23, 2015, Jesse was sentenced to 30 years for attempted first-degree murder. I didn't attend the trial, but I learned a few things about Jesse during the days and weeks that followed. Jesse had delusions that she was being tailed by the mafia or some drug cartel, and that Cher was part of the cartel. She had three little boys with her husband, the youngest of the three having severe mental disabilities and needing constant care. This hurt the most because not only did Jessie screw up her own life, but also the life of her husband, who I'd met many times in the store while working, and those sweet kids as well. I never met them, but oh God, those poor sweet ones. In her store locker, there was four boxes of ammo and another gun, which made a lot of people think that Cher wasn't her only target. And finally, she had asked her husband just a few days prior to the shooting, where do I shoot a person if I want to do the most damage? Fortunately, Sheer survived, but she was never the same after that, and neither was I. My innocent thoughts of how everything would be okay was shattered. I wasn't very forthcoming to people anymore, and I lived with that guilt for a while, until I realized the living stuck in that moment wasn't living. I cut all ties to Jesse and kept positive until the day I left that store. I'm doing much better now, but my mind sometimes drifts to that horrible day and that former friend of mine that changed my life with a single gunshot. I sometimes still can't believe it.